the hard shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. That time now for the hard shoulder health check and Enda Murphy, the psychotherapist and director of CME.ie is with me to talk about anxiety and panic attacks. Enda, always good to, to talk to you. Uh, feeling, Hi, a, feeling anxious, I suppose, is a normal thing. We all feel anxious at different times. It's healthy to feel anxious, uh, I'm sure, oh, to, yeah. to some degree. Uh, at what point does it become problematic, though? Well, it's really kind of what's the, what's, you know, the joke I sometimes say is what's the difference between a bungee jump and a panic attack? And the reality is, is that one costs you 150 euros and the other is actually free because the same thing is happening in both exactly the same. And to answer your first question, everybody will have at least one panic attack in their life. I can guarantee. Really? It. Most of us, yeah, everybody will have at least one panic attack. And where it will happen is, is the day where it'll happen for most people is when you realize and you come out of your doctor's surgery and you've been told that this is your time now. It's your to understand you're the one now you've just been told you know, this is incurable, it's now your turn to die. And most of us, as part of the letting go of life process, will have one panic attack. So if you've had one panic attack at a younger age, you won't have another one if you've learned what to do and recognise them. If you don't, you'll have it then. And that's been my experience. But the difference is between the two. So somebody who gets, what's behind a panic attack is when we attach danger to the adrenaline that occurs in our body when we get anxious. So I want you to imagine you're walking across the Serengeti okay. and you see a yellow tail swishing mm-hmm. in the grass. Now, your brain is not going to sit there trying to decide, is that a lion or not? Or what's his intentions towards me? Your adrenaline reaction is going to get you up the nearest tree and get you and to try and protect you. And what your bra- logical brain will do is then look back and it will actually look to see, okay, what do I need to do next? Is that really? Well, my logical brain might say lions can climb trees, so I'm pretty good. Well, I've, I was actually told that <laughs> as a top by some African <laughs> colleagues. So I think I need to change my analogy. But where we do it is, is that the person who really enjoys that adrenaline rush will do a bungee jump. And the person who absolutely is terrified about the adrenaline rush and the consequences of it will actually have a panic attack. And what happens is you get the adrenaline rush. You will then attach one of four dangers to it. The first is I'm going to die. It's going to kill me. My heart is going to burst out of my chest. The second is I'm going to go mad. The people in white coats are going to come off and I'm just going to lose my sanity. The third is I'll lose control of my behavior. And the fourth is people are actually going to see me. So so to show you how our terror of people seeing us is, is that if you have a see somebody who's terrified of flying and you make them sit in the airplane, they will absolutely be terrified that they'll lose control of their behavior or that the plane will crash. But they will never actually do something because they're terrified that people will see them running amok around the aircraft. And what will people think of me? So it's okay to be killed in the plane crash, but that's more pain preferable than people seeing me actually run around the aircraft so what happens is is that once we attach danger and in the true panic attack what the person doesn't realize is that they are actually getting panicky about panicking so the panicking is the trigger they've just attached danger usually it's people will come to see me and they will look for like i can't think of any reason why this would be actually cropping up and all that has happened is ordinary everyday anxiety that all of us get yeah I, you know, we all get it, but for some reason, at this particular moment, you now, instead of just feeling anxious, you've attached danger to the anxiety itself. And then you say, I must not feel 
anxious. And if I told you, do not think of pink elephants dancing ballet across the stage, because if you do, it's a sign of insanity. You will have to lock you up. You'll do nothing but think of pink elephants. So if you then decide, okay, I must not panic or I must not get anxious, and you put that demand in, that triggers the so, panic so, attack. So the panic attack, you're panicking about panic. Like when people come in wondering what, 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 what is it that's causing it, it's, yeah. it's panic about panic. Exactly. That's what's causing the panic attack. But then so you were walking. Yeah. Is there something then that causes the initial panic? You know, well, that, yeah, that, what that caused they need the to initial, work through. Yeah. What caused the initial anxiety is that your emotional brain has figured out something is dangerous to you. And it could be that, you know, it could be a thought going on in your head. It could be a situation you're in. It could be, you know, the lack of control you're feeling over your life. A lot of people started getting panicky okay. when they're on their own. So anything can kick it off. So so, so the, the initial panic is completely, or we'll say not panic, is that maybe... It's uh, an initial exactly. anxiety. The initial anxiety is perfectly rational anxiety. Absolutely. As in, yeah, this yeah, is everybody what, gets it. This is what we yeah. get. But then the irrationality or the panic attack kind of sets in when, when we react to that healthy anxiety in an unhealthy yeah. way exactly when we attach danger to the anxiety itself so you're getting anxious about being anxious and when we come to actually well what in god's name do you do about it that determines exactly what we have to do now there's two things that happen and the first is you know we attach danger to the anxiety the second is is the one that's most common all right and it's all to do with trying to be in control and it's that yeah i know i'm not going to die but i'm not convinced i won't so, of course, what the person is now saying is, I must be absolutely certain that nothing bad is going to happen to me. So they'll run off to the GP. And this is what's behind health phobias. Mm. This is what's behind an awful lot of kind of anxiety is that, oh, God, I must be certain that this isn't going to kill me. Now, the more certainty you strive for, unfortunately, the more uncertainty you find until all you can find is the uncertainty. So what we do is the more certainty you demand that I'm I'm okay, the more uncertainty you, you feel. Now, you run off to the GP or you run off and you do something or you take deep breaths. And I, you know, I sometimes ask, you know, trainees, I say, if somebody starts hyperventilation in front of you, what do you do? And the, uh, the standard answer is get a brown paper bag, you know, and get them to breathe into the brown paper bag. Yeah. And the first question I ask is, well, why don't you give them a plastic bag? <laughs> No, it will do exactly the same. But there's this irrational fear that we have to stop them hyperventilating. Why? What's going to happen? You're going to feel a bit dizzy and that's about it. All right. And because the feelings are complete, they're not dangerous at all. But the more you keep acting in a way that reinforces the danger to you by taking what we call safety behaviors, like if for more reassurance you look for, or, you know, it's like you get up, I'm 57 years of age, I get a pain in my chest. There's, I'd be completely irrational if it didn't go down to the doctor and get my heart checked. Yeah. But if, if I've been reassured there's nothing happening in my heart and I keep going back looking for another ECG and another ECG and another ECG, then every single, every time I go back looking for the reassurance, I'm reinforcing and I'm trying to achieve a demand that I must be 100% certain. The more certainty I strive for, the more uncertainty I actually find. And that's what triggers off the panic attacks and the panicky feelings. And what about people who have them for years, who suffer all the time from panic attacks? Oh, unfortunately, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's only nowadays we're starting to, the people are starting to realise that's what's behind the panic attack. And for years, even the professionals didn't understand what it was. You know, kind of when I started training first years ago, you know, people didn't actually have the understanding of what was behind the 
a panic attack. They used to call it free floating anxiety. <laughs> kind of your locus of control. I had no idea what these terms meant, but that's what I was told. But what actually happens is, is that if you don't can't identify that you're getting anxious about being anxious, then you have no choice but to try and protect yourself and get up the nearest tree. And if you can't identify the trigger, so you're the lion here is the anxiety. If you can't identify that that's what's causing your your problem, then you don't know what to look for. You don't know what to do to switch it off. So people, unfortunately, would have kind of spent years having panic attacks, having panic attacks. And I remember one very sad case one time. And it was this elderly man who asked me to see his granddaughter. And the granddaughter was having panic attacks. And he had actually been having panic attacks since the mid-70s. He was having them for 30 years. And what I did was I actually saw the two of them together because I said the same cure is the same for both. And once I explained this is what's happening and this is what you do about it, it switched the anxiety and it switched the panic off for both. But what caused it, what some people will find, you know, I remember, you know, being told this years ago, and I still teach it. If the client isn't getting the solution, so in other words, they're having panic attacks, you're telling them to do all this and it's still not working, then you've got the wrong problem. You know, it's not that they're not doing what they should be doing. It's that you've got their own problem. And the underlying problem is nearly always trying to be in control. It's very, it's poorly understood. Most people don't really grasp it to a great extent, but it's probably what's behind 90% of all panic attacks. Because we demand, I must be in control of my behavior. I must be absolutely certain that mm. I don't run amok around the aircraft. I must be certain. And the more certainty you strive for, the more uncertainty you find. Well, listen, it's fascinating stuff as always. And I uh, appreciate your yeah. time. Enda Murphy, psychotherapist and director of see me.ie. <laughs>